La maudite des vieux chauds. I have seen the dark shadows moving in the woods and I have no doubt that whatever I have resurrected through this book is sure to come calling for me. David, you look absolutely terrific, honestly. You got like you got like blue on. This is where the worst begins. This is where we must stop. For beyond is the work of madness. The nightmare of insane murder. And Get inside and lock your doors. Close your windows. Someone is watching you. Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. This is Albert from the Tuesday Show. You're listening to the goddamn Dave Hill Show. Now on a flipping Monday. No. You're an angel witch. Nailed it. I know I say this every week, but every time I hear that song, which you just heard, our official theme song, Angel Witch, by the band Angel Witch, from the album called, let me check, Angel Witch, it's like the first time I heard it, which is to say, amazing. All by way of saying, hello and welcome to the Dave Hill Good Time Hour. With me, Dave, from before. Thank you for joining us. Those of you watching us uh, along in the live cast, the live recording, which will be released in, the, in re- released in the futuristic podcast form in just a few short, t- in two days. We're on Wednesday tonight, because uh, uh, Chris was having a cosmetic procedure Monday, and we couldn't do the show. Can you guys hear ago. me all right? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me all- uh, this is the Halloween episode. I decided right before I walked in here. That's why I have uh, this pumpkin. It's not I a, real. I have a real pumpkin, but it's not carved yet. When will you do that? Soon. I Anytime, you know. Um, oh my gosh. If you need to be scared, just let me know. I'm also wearing, um, I, I want anyone watching, uh, in the live stream, to, I'm this. I'm wearing my crazy old man patch jacket tonight <laughs> because I'm trying to get. I hear I'm gonna model it. If people could see it, there's patches all over it, even on the back. Um, and I'm really torn over whether I should leave the house in this jacket. Des, New Jersey Chicken Rancher, what do you think? Your mic is off. You need to turn your mic on, on to weigh in on this. There you are. What's your vote on the Pat's jacket so far? Get out that door and go get a cup of coffee right now. But it's it's well, we got to do the show, and then after that, I well, okay, I'll yeah. When you walk the dog, absolutely. I'll, I'm going to take the dog out after. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy criminal Chris Gersbeck, what do you yeah. th- what's your do you feel you're a hip young person? 
do you think that see originally my plan was to wear this jacket when I was like 75 and then I would walk around town smoking hand-rolled cigarettes and uh, feeding birds and stuff like that. Is that what you think someone who does those things would wear? Yeah. A jacket with a bunch of patches signifying nothing. They're not... Uh... See, I wouldn't... I, I, I think the jacket looks great and I think you should wear it outside. But that's the kind of thing that I wouldn't wear because it would just people would just be asking me all sorts of questions that I wouldn't this, want to answer. This is what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid it's going to invite conversation, which is my you know. I don't want that. People just, just walking up and being like, "Hey, take a walk." Never seen. A Keep patch walking. Before? Yeah. What? Yeah. You never seen a jacket with patches? What's the big deal? It's New York City. This isn't the weirdest thing you're going to see on this block. And then you keep and it, Exactly. And it is totally rando patches. Like, there's no... There's repeating themes, but there's also disparate themes. Um, so it's not like, you know, like a, a heavy metal vest battle right. jacket that's all metal bands. This has, you know, there's a, a crying tiger, a Quebec Nordiques patch... <laughs> uh, this is a boat, a bu- bu- bubble tea. Oh wow! Right. Uh, there's Paul Weller over here. So it really makes no sense. Anyway, I got a Joyce. I got a Joyce uh, Manor patch when I saw them a few weeks ago. What is Joyce Manor? They're band, punk band. Ooh, is that like a Bowling for Soup or what you young kids listen to? <laughs> bowling for Soup. Um. No, I guess they're more. Uh, my wife is really into them. I guess they're more like emo-ish. I've never been into emo, so I don't really. I don't know, but I think that they fall more in that that world of punk than you know, like. Uh, uh, I don't know. Are I don't they know straight what edge? I don't think so. Okay, well, that's cool. We saw uh, a a woman who was clearly on mushrooms at the very end of the concert. Um. <laughs> she just was like the band's last song and she just stands next to us and then she falls on the ground and puts her arms down on the sidewalk and we ask her we're like are you okay and she looks up she's like no I'm dying and we're like how are you dying she's like I don't know anything I'm dying and we were oh just no like, that yeah. means she's almost there so we flagged down a security person and they eventually got like a stretch uh, not a stretcher a wheelchair but all she she just kept saying that she was dying. She's like, I've never drank or done any drugs in my life until until now. Wait, so yeah. how did she end up taking mushrooms? Well, I don't know. If, I don't know for sure she was taking mushrooms. It seemed like she was high on some kind of hallucinogenic. Like, you know, when you think that you're dying and you're not. Sure. Uh, mm. Totally get it. Can you turn the background music down a, t- a tad? Yeah. Just a scooch. Um, thank you to everyone for adjusting for us being on Wednesday tonight instead. I know that was like, uh, you know, in this in these uncertain times, the last thing you need is us switching the night when we record the podcast. Devastating. It's true, Dave B. It's not a party till you're brought out in a wheelchair. He writes in the comp. In the comments. Um, 
if I, ha I haven't said this already, please subscribe to this popular Twitch channel so uh, Chris, we can get him the the cosmetic surgery he so desperately needs. He'll at least finish it um, next time. Every penny helps. We really, we really need your help. Um, we have an amazing guest tonight. I'm really excited. I just started reading her book. I was, her book is Poe for Your Problems, Uncommon, Uncommon Advice from History's Least Likely Self-Help Guru. You probably gathered Poe. That's right there in the title. Catherine Bab... No, Magara. I'm I'm struggling with the pronunciation. I'm going to ask her. Uh, Chris told me. Um, it's like my mnemonic device that I've just come up with, and it's probably really annoying. It's it's similar to Bam Margera. Oh yeah, yeah. And I still screwed it up. I'm a monster. I should probably say that I am on mushrooms right now. That's in interest <laughs> of full disclosure. It's always good cover, for sure. I technically am on mushrooms right now, technically speaking. Oh, really? You're back on the... Uh... I'm back to microdosing. <laughs> You're back on, on the microdosage. Yeah, so technically I did just take mushrooms, but I don't expect to be uh, taken out in a wheelchair at all, because they're sub-perceptual. <laughs> That you don't take enough to require a wheelchair or think uh, you're going to die. Um, I will funny. say, um, I I ate three pieces of pizza. That's my biggest wow uh, threat to my uh, life, really, at this moment, is that I ate three pieces of pizza for dinner, which is a... Midweek? What's that? Midweek, three slices. I mean, I don't know what's going on with me. I don't know who I think I am. Maybe uh, Friday, but this is that's out of character. Oh, I know, I know. Like, and I feel like I'm just gonna wake up one day and just like uh, none of my clothes will fit or something. But I gotta say, the thing I'm stating the obvious here: pizza. How good is it? It's so good. It's the best. So. Whenever we get pizza for dinner, I'm like, I'll take three slices, please, and I'll worry about it later. Yeah, Adam Kakaw has it right. Yeah, I, I just noticed that his name is Adam Kakaw, which I can't, I can't help but take as a compliment. Um, I had uh, get this two slices of pizza for dinner. Oh my gosh! Well, but I also ate a large popcorn earlier. So anything I, goes. It seems like a real. Anything nice goes, type night. I want to say I see the Ryan, the Ron and Brian podcast there in the comments. Uh, this past weekend, I did my first ever house slash lawn shows. Jason Arducci, my dear friend, uh, he's been doing a bunch of them. He suggested I give it a whirl, and then I started booking a bunch of them. And then the Delta stuff started happening, and I was like, I pumped the brakes a little bit, but I kept. A couple of them, the Ron and Brian podcast HQ show in Elkins Park, Pennsylvania, um, this past Friday night. It was delightful. Um, and then uh, Saturday, I was at Chilton House in Richmond, Virginia, where, coincidentally, our guest tonight lives. And I didn't realize it at the time, otherwise I would have shown up 
I don't, not in her driveway or anything. I'm not a creep, but maybe directly in front of the house. <laughs> Neighborhood. No, I would have invited her to the show. I wouldn't. I don't show up at people's homes. There was uh, uh, Mary Jo Peel. There's a stalker who came to her home last week. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, I mean, you got this. Is I've been running into um, my building. Uh, Without going into detail, there's a. I am not the most famous person on my building. I know you would think, Dave, how is anyone more famous than you are in your building? But there's someone more famous than I am, if you can believe it. And people, someone keeps leaving the door unlocked. So, you know, I keep worrying, like, probably a good 40% of the building is really good stalker material. Forty percent of the building is people who might be targeted by stalkers. Who who is it? I can't say. Uh, I can't tell you who lives in my building. <laughs> what industry? I'm not going to say. Good job. I'm I'm protecting this person. No one. I I don't. Proud of you. What's it? Talking out of school or whatever. It's enough that I've already admitted that I live in my building. That's enough of a, a risk. To admit that I live in my building, even though I didn't, haven't said where it is, except everyone knows it's in the West Village. I was in drug bus, I know, Val Snowblind says. But still, despite me having been in the hit movie Drunk Bus, there are still people more famous than I am. Um, but yeah, so wait, so what happened with Mary Jo's stalker? <laughs> Guys showed up with a bunch of Mystery Science Theater memorabilia for her to sign it was just like hey can you sign this and she was like no why like how did you find my address like she was just totally freaked out that's terrifying that's like um uh my friend chris reifert from pain a doll but also for soccer purposes autopsy and death the death metal bands he said that someone showed up to his house recently with a bunch of stuff and was like, Hey, uh, can you sign a bunch of stuff? And uh, they were like, uh, They didn't sign the stuff. They well, were so, like, You can't just show up. Yeah, but Mary Jo told the guy to leave, obviously, and then found out that he went to two other people associated with Mystery Science Theater like after that oh wow so he's like oh mary joe wasn't cool with it but i i'll stay the course yeah. it's a numbers game Keep i better stay out. the course i'm gonna stay the course and uh and just show up at other people's houses that's let me just say that's bad bad uh idea yeah um anyway uh yeah so i guess that's the lesson if we can impart any knowledge to anyone don't show up outside of someone's house yeah he went to 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 bees mckeever who was mst3k's uh costume designer i think he actually went to her first deep cut she told him fuck off and then he went to mary joe's house and then wait, went to some other guy's house wait he went to a costume designer's house <laughs> clearly this person's insane who goes to a costume designer's house <laughs> respect for the craft i mean she's very closely associated with the show so like a lot of 
mystery science theater people know like are aware of her or oh, okay. you know, just know her. It's not just like a random like. No, I'm not. I'm, he went on IMDb uh, and like pulled the desert that universe. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, clearly he's unhinged. But I think I I only say I'm not. Uh, like for my new book, I was trying to get a hold of this one guy, and I went on that whitepages.com, and I just paid five bucks, and I got his cell phone number. Oh wow! I didn't think that it would be. I was like, oh, this isn't real, but I called it just out of, to see because I had no way, I had no idea how I would ever track this guy down. And I called this guy, and and I was like, are you this guy? And he's like, yeah. And so we talked and everything, and he didn't think I was a murderer. But uh, imagine if a not, if an actual murderer had a, you know, any basically anyone can do this. I even looked up, uh, yeah, it's a, it's shocking. I even looked up Des. I found Des's home address. No, just kidding. Obviously, since you've never I kid. paid a visit, but that's cool. <laughs> it's, it's impossible to get to your house. I hear you. It's only there's no. There's no train interstate highway program. There's a train. We have a train in this town. You have a train in the town? Sure. Did not a hot? Did I see a hot air balloon crashed near your house? That was across the street. Yeah, on uh, Friday. Oh my God! Breaking. About five o'clock. I was, I was outside in the yard all damn afternoon. I go inside for a couple minutes to change, and in that time, a hot air balloon came down right over the yard, over the. More specifically over the neighbor's house, but it kind of crossed over my yard and went down in the field across the way. Freaked out the chickens. Two of them bolted. Had to hustle them down. So you had a chicken. There's a chicken caper. Well, I mean, these chickens, you know, they see this big monstrous looking thing coming down from the sky, spitting fire. What would you do if you were four and a half pounds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Dodge. That's a bummer. You missed it. Well, I ended up seeing it, but I could have been sitting there watching the whole thing unfurl and be like, holy shit, this is this is happening. But instead, it was like a chaotic event. You hear it first. Wow. But Very the chickens are okay? Your house. But all chickens are good. President accounted for and everything. Yeah. All is good. Helen Christie writes, George Michael had a freaking problem with fans loitering outside his home. He'd politely post for photos if he was arriving or leaving, but he never spoke to the uninvited visitors. Hmm. That's like where he... I walked by his house once in London. Where he lives or lived, it's like the way the houses are... This is a very name-droppy story. I probably told it on the show before. But I was out with Terry... Jones and Terry Gilliam in London. And they were like walking. They were walking around going, hey, that's George Michael's house. That's Clive Owen's house. That's, uh, and then they were like, do you like the kinks? I'm like, yeah, I love the kinks. They're like, this is Ray Davies' house. And then they're like, let's see if he's home, because they're friends with him. He wasn't home. But it's like, uh, yeah, I can see that in that neighborhood where George Michael used to live. I just really used that as a, a way to tell you guys that I was out for beers with Terry Jones and Terry Gilliam. That's oh, Dave, wait. Did you, did you, wait, Dave, did you go to Terry Jones's house for Indian food after? Yes, I did. Uh, my friend Carl Arnheider made all this happen, by the way. I should be clear. He was the fourth person in our 
Wild Crew. Well, hello, I'm Renee Colvert. Hi, I'm Alexis Preston, and we are the hosts of Can I Pet Your Dog? And we got breaking news, we got an expose, and all the beans have been spilled via an Apple podcast review that said, this show isn't well-researched. <gasps> well, yeah, no duh. Of course it's not. Not since the day we started has it been well-researched. Guessing and anthropomorphizing dogs is what we do. The Can I Pet Your Dog promise is that we will never do more than 10 seconds of research before telling you excitedly about any dog we see. I'm going to come at you with top 10 enthusiasm, minimal facts. We're here for a good time, not an educated time. So if you love dogs and you don't love research, well, <laughs> you know what? Come on in to Can I Pet Your Dog podcast every Tuesday on Maximum Fun Network. <laughs> I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Nine years ago, we started a podcast to try and learn something new every episode. Things have gone a little off the rails since then. <laughs> Tune in to hear about low stakes neighborhood drama, gardening, the sordid, nasty underbelly of the horse girl lifestyle, hot sauce, addiction to TV, and sweaty takes on celebrity culture, and the weirdest, grossest stuff you can find on wikipedia.org. We'll read all of it no matter how gross. <laughs> There's something for everyone on our podcast, Baby Geniuses, hosted by us, two horny adult idiots. Hang out with us as we try and fail to retain any knowledge at all. Every other week on Maximum Fun. Um, we're we're behind schedule. We got to bring our guest on. I apologize in advance to our guest for rambling. This is what happens when you eat three slices of pizza. Um. Once again, she is the author of this excellent new book, Poe for Your Problems, Uncommon Advice from History's Least Likely Self-Help Guru. Why do I have to struggle with basic words? It's the ongoing mystery of the show. Please welcome Catherine Babmagera. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I'm sorry I uh, botched your name. Uh, Do not worry, it's, it's a mouthful. It's... It's the three slices of pizza talking, or or uh, or causing trouble, I should say. I'm I'm full of uh, lactose and gluten and all things we're just not supposed to let in our systems in 2021. I'm sorry. It's a lot of cheese. It really is. It's a. Ma- I'm just clearly a man who's not afraid of dying. Um, speaking of, this is a good segue. Speaking of not afraid of dying, what? Who knows? Uh, Maybe Edgar Allan Poe was afraid of dying. Um, but uh, I'm reading your book now, and I'm enjoying it so much. And also, uh, you come from a large Catholic family. My In my research, these are the things that, one of the things I've learned. I come from a large, how many people were in your large Catholic uh, family? So I have six brothers and sisters. Oh my gosh. All right, you win. Wow. I only where have do you, Where do you fall in line? I'm the third from the top. So there are three girls and then four boys. And so I'm the youngest girl. Oh wow. So you're you're kind of right in the middle of the Wait, so you have four wait, so okay. So you're not quite the middle kid. Not dead not dead middle. For all no. intents and purposes, you would Little say pale. I was. I mean, it explains pale. everything about me. 
so yeah because the middle kid is supposed to be i forget is it well adjusted or completely insane danger to <laughs> I, themselves and others i can't remember it's one of the two in catholic families definitely insane yes okay i feel better i feel like that's uh mm. um and but but so i feel like i can relate that you would be drawn to darkness coming from a large catholic family um yeah that's true i certainly like my parents used to shoo me off these things when i was little which obviously made me into them so i didn't have to sneak poe but any horror i saw or any like metal or whatever metallica whatever passed for metal in my household i had to sneak that stuff it's i remember like edgar Allan poe being some of the first like horror stuff i ever like when i was like five i remember knowing who he was oh, for uh, sure. but yeah it's weird how like acceptable that is versus like you know like satanic panic in the 80s and stuff it's amazing because i mean you look at the stories and they're about being buried alive or carrying around yeah. like, a corpse and you know a lot of obsession with the death of women um, so yeah i don't know how this stuff passes muster in school maybe just because it's old but yeah, the people were like, well, yeah, he looked, he had a nice uh, outfits on. That's half the battle. <laughs> it seems, um, with, now backing up to the Catholic part, as a, I was just talking about this the other day, is there a movie, as someone from a large Catholic family, is there a movie ever even close to as scary as The Exorcist? In a all right, it scared the crap out of me when I was little, but I think The Exorcist is probably a scare because it's the priest stuff, right? All of this are like yeah. these emotional cues. It's all laden with that stuff. So yeah, yeah. And I mean, my brother's a priest now, and I asked him, "Oh wow, you know, do you actually perform exorcists?" And he said, or "Exorcisms, right?" And he said, "No, there's like somebody in every diocese, which is like a Catholic region, right?" Yeah. Yeah. So there, someone, there's someone in every diocese who can do that. It is a thing. It is a going concern. But not every priest can do that, apparently. Yeah, so there if was I needed a, someone, I couldn't call my brother. There was a priest in, growing up in my parish that supposedly performed them. And we would always ask him about it. And he would always kind of like, uh, kind of brush us off on it. Someone, this is a high compliment, actually, in my to my Val Snowblind says, Dave, I thought you were Jewish. <laughs> I'm not. I'm Catholic. I'm an honorary Jew. That's why people get confused. I'm an honorary. Nick Kroll made me honorary Jewish about 15, 15 years ago. He used to have a show, Bar Mitzvah Disco. <laughs> and I was the fog machine operator. And everyone thought I was Jewish. And it was about everyone would tell these Bar Mitzvah stories. And I had no idea what was going on because, and I feel like Catherine, you can back me up on this. When you, you grow up Catholic, you don't know anyone who's not Catholic <laughs> or no, maybe That's you no, you're not really allowed to. So I remember going to a bar mitzvah, bar mitzvah, I can't remember, but one for a girl and being mind blown by the whole thing, because it turns out other people have religion. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That knows. I, I truly, I think I was like 21 before I really was friends with anyone who wasn't Catholic. 
because wow. I had to go to all Catholic kindergarten, grade school, high school, college. So like everyone I was dealing with was Catholic always. I mean, I'm, I I had you know, but I'm exaggerating a little bit, but mostly true. Um, but enough. Let's let's not go down the Catholic. I could do, just talk about Catholicism all day. Mm, that's right. Um, yeah, it's, it's an endless. Uh, but I th- th- I guess yeah. The reason I the reason I want to talk about it is I was like, oh, that's such. Yeah, it is like I feel like a. It's very common to to uh, gravitate towards darkness. I think being raised in that, and then also what I love about your book is that I feel like like going towards Edgar Allan Poe is like it's like when you're driving and you start skidding on the ice, your instinct, everyone like tries to pull out of the turn, but you're supposed to steer directly into the turn, which is you think, well, that's a horrible idea. I'll die. And I feel like that's kind of what your book is. Like, you're, <laughs> rather than trying to run, run from the darkness, you're like, no, go directly into the darkness. And, yeah, for and sure. you'll be saved, which I love. I mean, I think that's true. I don't think it's just me. I mean, I it was like in a really dark place in my life when I got this idea, which maybe comes through. I was very, very depressed at the time. But I think that's when you're receptive to weirdo ideas like this. Yeah, you said you and were, you were so I, depressed, you almost bought a Peloton. Is this true? <laughs> that's true. I was on the verge. Uh, oh, my God. I, I, that's, I love a great, that's a great line in the in the book. Um, there was other things like I had to take mental health leave from work. I, like, can sleep, I can eat, but that was the worst of it. Like, you think you're going to get on that bike and change your life? Oh my gosh! Yeah. I'm, well, I'm. I hope that you didn't do it. No. Or did you get the pellet? I wouldn't be you here now. You, yeah, mm-hmm. you'd be. Uh, yeah, it'd be all over. Um, yeah, I don't so think when I would have. So how did you how did you decide to embrace the darkness to find the light? I just came up with that well, turn of phrase. <laughs> that's beautiful. Uh, so I was in this really dark place, and I found that Poe was one of the. I couldn't concentrate on anything. I don't know if you guys have ever experienced this, but one of the problems oh, yeah. is that you really can't kind of connect or engage, which is has a way of perpetuating that condition. Oh Maybe yeah, I, I mean, that. all of us are deeply disturbed and depressed. I mean, I yeah, I can't speak yeah. for Des, Such but I, Chris and I are uh, have a long history of mental illness, so you are definitely in the right <laughs> company. I feel way more comfortable now. I'm not. There's. Um, I'm not even joking. We're both. Uh, you know, <laughs> no, we're both. I'm not joking either. It really no. is heavily. We're heavily medicated. Uh, <laughs> therapy. Everything, everything short of a Peloton for me. <laughs> yeah, chickens I'm work. glad you shared that. For what it's worth, chickens work, guys. Chickens. Yeah, v, v Frankie, Des has found Nirvana in chicken farming. I think that is true, actually. Right there. I think a lot of us have the idea that farming it might solve it for us. You don't have time to worry about any any damn other thing else. It's you busy. Yeah, got to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Things are very appealing in some ways. Yeah. I mean, most days. 
<laughs> wait, I was wait. So, but so so you were in this dark place, and then how? So how did you make that shift? You were just sort of drawn to Edgar Allan Poe's work. Yeah, so I hadn't read him since I was a kid, and I just got him off the shelf, and I was to get very real, like, I was in my bathtub, like, crying and reading him for weeks on end, or what felt like weeks on end. But then, I like, as I was drawn deeper into this, I saw that the stories were metaphors for depression and anxiety and despair, and I started reading about his life. There are so many Poe biographies, so there's probably, I mean, at least 18 I can think of now, but there are many. So I got into those, and this will sound cliche and reductive. It was something that came to me over a very long period of time, but I just saw that despite everything that life had thrown at this guy, that he kept persisting and then he did his work anyway. Mm-hmm. And also then I, so I, his letters cover two very thick volumes and the guy is so much funnier than he ever got credit for. Like he absolutely is just bitching about his bosses, calling them idiots, uh, complaining about pay rates for freelancers, which really, strikes a ball with me mm-hmm. so i don't know he really became fully human in my eyes and it was like a kind of strange companionship but sometimes i think you're when you're in a really dark place you find something that speaks to you and it kind of pulls you out of things which is putting a pet version on what was much a much longer process obviously mm-hmm. so then i one night i was out having a beer with my buddy and he's a historian and I was telling him about all this. I was like, oh, the weirdest thing's happening. Poe is cheering me up. And he said, that sounds like a book. <laughs> and I said, like, oh, yeah, it'll be called How to Say Nevermore to Your Problems. And that was the working title for, like, three years. Nice. Um, wow. That's a, I mean, that could be this, the book, too. Yeah, I tried. They said it was too long. So the publisher felt that. Oh, uh, We sure did just a Poe for your problem. You know. <laughs> That's what it's like. Don't um, get me started. Um, but who did the um, Who did the illustrations for the book? This really amazing Spanish yeah, artist named Javier Olivares. I love them too. They're so witty. So good, uh, yeah. He's on Instagram, and we he doesn't his English is about as good as my Spanish. So we've tried to become friendly, but it's a little. And yeah, he did that cover. He did there. I think. 40 black and white illustrations throughout the book so oh, wow. mm-hmm. yeah and then so what 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 where would you recommend people start with uh should they start with the book if they're not already familiar with poe or should they read the works of poe or should it be done in tandem I mean, I think you can kind of go about it anyway. A lot of us have got a background in Poe that we almost don't even know to acknowledge, right? We pick him mm-hmm. up as kids. He's part of our cultural atmosphere. You know, you've seen him spoofed on The Simpsons in South Park. and Yeah. Um, someone, I think as James would say to Wild Bear, that his influence is so vast as to be invisible. And it's kind of the same way with Poe. So you've observed some, absorbed some Poe anyway. I think you can mm-hmm. pick up the book and flow right into it. Uh, if you want to read the Poe first, one that I can think of a couple of stories that really spoke to me. One, one of my favorites is Manuscript Found in a Bottle, which is one of his early ones. It's about 
a ship going down. There's no hope for anyone. And they're getting sucked into a whirlpool. That's the story. And then I also really like the pit and the pendulum, which a lot of people will know. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just, I mean, you, you realize as an adult, if you reread it, that it's, he's talking about psychological torture and mental pain, not the yeah. inquisition. Or he's rather, he's talking about those two things at one time. Dan Molly just said, I first learned a Poe from the Vincent Price movies. He, he was in a few of That's those. Right? Yeah. Yeah, there are a bunch. And then a bunch of European directors in the, I want to say like 70 or so, uh, made some softcore versions that are also pretty entertaining. Really? So if you, yeah, and Bridget Bardot is in one of them. Um, so is Jane oh, wow. Fonda. Yeah, so I recommend those too, which they're not obviously strict interpretations of the story but they are mm-hmm. entertaining there's just a uh uh on uh Sven they showed the black cat which was like a 30s universal movie that was suggested by a poem by Edgar Allan Poe which I guess was a thing that they did and the movie had absolutely nothing to do with that story right um and then we were looking into it and there was actually a second adaptation that was also suggested by Edgar Allan Poe and has literally nothing to do with the story of the black cat. Wait, so, what is it? What does that mean when they say suggest like, is that like inspired by, think, or yeah, like, I think it's like, it's, you know, these movies are like all in the thirties. So I'm assuming it's like, it was like an early version of like adapted or like, a, you know, adapted from whatever, except, I Based guess on true events. Yeah. But I guess that they could get away with just using the same title as long as they credited Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know. It's, it's odd. Um, yeah, he it's is, a weird testament to his star power. I don't know if y'all have seen, but he has an IMD profile. An IMDb profile oh, yeah, yeah. That, 400 credits. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. You talk about that in the book. It is pretty amazing. I was That's thinking wild. about that. Like, he's one of those, like, there's so many great artists who don't really, don't get to enjoy any of their success. And then you think, well, someone must be telling them somewhere. (laughs) And, you know, on another plane. But maybe not. It's very sad. I mean, that's what I'm expecting is going to happen with me. This will all have been for nothing while I'm alive. <laughs> and right, then, but then once you're dead for the next 170 years. Forget it. Everyone, people will not shut up about me. They'll get tattoos I, of your face. I cannot wait. <laughs> I cannot. That's what keeps me going. It's not success in, in this life. It's just everything that's going to come after I'm dead. Can't wait. That's probably the way to manage things. Yeah, yeah. Just to know that it will not all be for naught. Does that have a double negative? Um, <laughs> Val Snowblind wants to know how do you think Edgar Allan Poe died? Yeah, I, you know, I think it's impossible to know, which I know is not a satisfying answer. But I think if you look back at their records, so he died in 1849. A lot of people know he went missing for several days before he was found in Baltimore outside a tavern, collapsed in a ditch, wearing someone else's clothes. And he never recovered consciousness to the point that he could explain to the doctors and nurses what was going on with him or where he had been. 
So he wasn't himself able to explain. And the doctors changed their story so many, everybody involved changed their story so many times and changed the diagnoses. So it doesn't seem that he was drunk when he died. I think if you look back at the record from the very beginning of 1849, his friends are saying like something is deeply wrong with you <laughs> um, psychologically and physically. So I think it was some kind of longer term thing that he was ill and it wasn't necessarily like an overdose of any kind. Uh-huh. And that he probably got a fever and maybe was robbed, which would explain the clothes. But honestly, this is it goes to the heart of every issue of Poe's life in the historical record. Like it's all totally uncertain, and to treat it with any certainty is unfortunately just not really possible. Mm. I can't believe he was only forty when he died. Yeah. I know. That, yeah. <laughs> Which was different in 1849, but not that different. What's that? It was different, you know, 40 was a different age in 1849. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like 90 years old in, in 1849. <laughs> he was definitely self-conscious about it. He fudged his age constantly. Oh, really? Years off. Yeah, he wanted to be, like, he wanted to come across as, like, a winter kid. So he would be like, I'm 24 when he's 32. Wow. That's that's Chris does that all the time. <laughs> Chris Chris has been saying he's nineteen. It works for years now. I got a fake ID and everything. Yeah, there you go. He lived in the Bronx for a time, didn't he? Yeah, he did. It was farmland then, like well outside the city. At that oh, time, yeah. like, even like if you go up to like 80th on the Upper West Side, all that was farmland as well. So he yeah. moved from there, from the Upper West Side to the Bronx, to this little cottage that's still there and you can visit. In fact, it's where his wife eventually died. And you can visit the little bedroom where she died. Yeah, I think I've been uh, been outside of it. I went to school in the Bronx, and my uh, very young, underdeveloped brain couldn't wrap, like, because I was in the Bronx, and I was like... Edgar Allan Poe lived here where everyone's driving around listening to Public Enemy in their cars? <laughs> this makes no sense. I love Public and Enemy. I know. I Me too. I mean, it was great, but I was just like, I can't imagine mm. Poe walking these streets. Um, it's so hard to picture anything like that, though. Like oh, you go, I remember like Especially, in, I mean, the Bronx has changed so much. It's changed, yes. Yeah. I mean, also, yeah, there there were like goats in Midtown. Yeah. Just like wild Cats. goats? There'd just be field, yeah, because it was just fields and stuff. I did see a goat in the meatpacking district like five <laughs> years ago. I or felt like bad. Short yeah, I feel bad. Whoever brought the goat, I felt bad for it, but... At the same time, I did post it to Instagram. So, shame. <laughs> it is. It ended up being a shame on me. Was it end. like with a? Was it like part of a photo shoot or something? Or is it... no? It was just like on the street. Someone had go Tuesday afternoon in the city. What? Yeah. No, it was oh. at night, which somehow made it worse to worse. me. Worse. Oh, that's because I was like, I feel like it's bad enough to have a goat out in Manhattan. <laughs> But to have the goat out at night somehow was insult to injury to me. I don't know. It's I don't know why. 
Um, I need to, I, I realize we've been talking about the book, but I need to say directly to the people watching live tonight and also the people listening in the futuristic podcast format, we want Catherine to feel the Dave Hill Good Time Hour spike in the form of everyone going to buy this book. Do it right now. Poe for your problems. Just Uncommon the advice. Chat. From history's least likely self-help guru. Everyone order it tonight. So her publisher calls tomorrow and be like, what happened last night? Sales are going crazy. What What did you do? Did you hold up at McDonald's? Why is everyone talking about you in this book? Wait, if you held up a McDonald's, how would that increase book sales? Should I Listen, do that? Any publicity is good. Any publicity is good. Publicity, yeah, you should. I feel okay. like you could, you could. Get away McDonald's with it. not far, so. Yeah, just do it. Like you, the key to getting away with it is just saying you have a gun and not actually having a gun. <laughs> and then you can dismiss it as a misunderstanding if it if, if push really comes to shove. Um, All right, that sounds like a plan. And then definitely when the police. Come bring up the book, and that's that's, <laughs> and it's just, it's just you know, these I, you know you laugh it on them, so I'll just offer to sign theirs. These exactly this these things you like, these things work. These this it's it's a proven t tactic. Um, no, but everyone go buy this book. I'm enjoying it so much. If you don't, I realize you know I my for the long, and I'm not saying this. My uh, running joke was to threaten people that I would stab them if they didn't do whatever I just asked to do, them to do. In this case, buying the book. But in these times we live in, every time I know I can't say it as even jokingly because it gets flagged. On, was it really? Uh, yeah, I had to stop no, saying. It, you know, you. no directive kind of role. Yeah, I, I was yeah. just saying. I you tweet know, that I've all the saying, time from our Good Time Hour Twitter account, though. That's that's, well, that's different. I, Facebook and Instagram, forget it. <laughs> Get away with yeah, you Twitter, you can threaten violence on anyone. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Chaos. Um, so, but everyone, so I'm not going to stab anyone. Let me be clear. But everyone go buy this book. Um, now, did you find in the course of writing it, so it did your own techniques worked on you it's pr so it's pr the proof is in the you lived it you're living I mean, living it, proof it, it is true i feel like the first poe tip in the book is about um embrace a brilliant visionary of terrible decisions to guide you to an epic life they will say that before I had this Poe idea, I was struggling as a writer for around a dozen years. I read three novels. I couldn't find an agent. And then I had this idea, and I wrote an essay about it for the millions. And as much as anything on the millions ever goes viral, it went viral. And then I was able to, like, I got an agent sold book. So, I mean, Poe did that for me. And uh, it was, that's just the, I mean, even now with the, all the self-promotion you have to do, launch a book so i sometimes mm -hmm. try to channel him because he was very good at that and a lot less ashamed than i am deep in my soul about the whole thing so yeah mm -hmm. he's, he's mean a good in, touch in terms though. of 
Do you mean like in terms of self promotion or just uh, like it? it well, right, he had a giant ego, and his public performances, like he would just go off the deep end, and I think it helped make his name. Like when he gave his Eureka lecture in eighteen forty eight, I mean that he came up with some batshit stuff, saying it in public. He compared himself to God. He claimed that he understood every secret of the universe, like physical, metaphysical, mathematical, spiritual. Um, and he was just, like, it was a public meltdown, like Charlie Sheen or something. Oh, so wow. anyway, that is, in wow. my mind, like, the standard. Mm-hmm. And I just yeah. try to get, you know, in the neighborhood. I struggle to, but that, yeah. you know, at least you know what you're shooting for. No, it's true. It worked for Edgar Allan Poe. It worked for o- Oasis. <laughs> uh, it works for um, Kanye West. A friend of mine read the book in draft and kept writing Kanye West. <laughs> like, oh, wow. the margin of everything is like, that is the Poe of our time. Oh, wow. If you like, kind of backdate Kanye West behavior, that's what, was, what oh, Poe's yeah. public life was like. Wow. Yeah, it worked for Axel Rose. I'm saying that in the comments. That's very true. Yeah. It's, it's, so. so just one more reason, and this is the spike. Uh, you're going to feel the spike again. Everyone get Poe for Your Problems by Catherine Badmagera. Am I pronouncing your name right? You just or am I got butchering it? it? Yeah. No, Badmagera. This might, the problem. Anytime I think, I, I you know, it ends up being like I sort of, I, I trip over it. Uh, not your, just any, any name. Like my friend Carl Arnheider, whom I mentioned earlier, I've known him for 20 years. And because I know that at one point I struggled pronouncing his name, I still trip over his name. He's one of my best friends in the world. And still, because there's an, a R N H. We're not meant to pronounce those letters all in a row. It's impossible. No. Anyway, I digress. Adam Kakaw says, "My kid was getting bullied at school Friday. They said it was likely was a likely serial killer." So he said sarcastically, "Oh, oh my gosh!" Wow. Ten days of school Sorry. Well. That sucks, but I, I, if I were that kid, I'd be like, uh, I guess he's doing whatever he wants for 10 days. Not encouraging this behavior, mind you. Shame on you, Adam Kakasson. Um, this is what I get for not fully reading a comment before I start reading it aloud. <laughs> <laughs> That's the lesson. That's the lesson there. Had I finished reading it, I could have avoided Step asking Chris to edit it out half of what I just said for the podcast version, and instead fair, we'll replace it. Your internet connection was What's pretty that? bad. Your internet connection was pretty bad throughout your reading of that comment, so I can just cut. I'll just cut that part out. Okay, Perfect. good. Why is my internet so bad? We can solve this another time. It's only part of the show, but uh, I know. Oh my goodness. Um. How are you? How are you doing with? Um, are you are you able to do in person events during these crazy times uh, for the book? 
Yeah, I did an outdoor, like the launch party was outdoors at the Poe Museum here in Richmond. And then tomorrow nice. I'm talking at a museum indoors, like in an auditorium and then a bookstore on Saturday. So, and I nice. think the bookstore said, you don't have to wear a mask. Everybody else will wear a mask, but then that feels rude. Like, I don't know, but I guess it, it's harder to follow someone who's talking if you can't see their mouth. So, yeah, I mean, I can say as, you know, being on stage and stuff, it's, it's usually often the case, but yeah, you have to, uh, they have to be able to see your, I realize how much I read lips now. Cause I, if people are wearing a mask, I pretty much only get about 50% of what they're saying. Yeah. It's hard to get tone too. Hard to get jokes. Um, yeah. You're asking the eyes to do too much. Okay. Just like it's a lot. It's all the time. I don't even recognize people that I haven't seen in a while. I've had people come up to me on the street like, hey, Dave, and they have a mask on. Yeah. And I'm like, that's happened to me a few times. And it ends up being like my brother or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, I've known you my whole life. (laughs) Um, Dan Wally provides the best explanation, I think, for why my internet is so bad. Maybe it's the other 20 million people in NYC. That's the most plausible explanation, maybe. I'm also in NYC, though. It could be that I haven't bought a laptop in... uh, in, uh, A No, no. Usually I spill a glass of wine on my laptop or something, like, every two years. So Mm. I never am using, like, a... uh, I always have a pretty up-to-date laptop, and this one is weird. I'm jinxing it, but it's weirdly lasted uh, several years. Till tonight. Till tonight. Just about had it. I'm very, I'm due, I'm due to uh, spill a Coke or a glass of wine into the keyboard. Um, so what do you have, are you working on a, a follow-up? To this book, Catherine? Yeah, I think I'm going to... I mean, it hasn't sold yet. I haven't gotten a proposal together yet, but I'm slowly working on an idea about Lord Byron that kind of runs along a similar track. Oh, I, I love his it. work. And yeah, his life is... Where his post life is very sad in a lot of respects. Byron's life is amazing. That guy did everything and everybody. <laughs> so he's just a lot of fun. <laughs> and it's kind of a nice little palate cleanser after a while. But then will your advice be in that case, just like, do not live as this guy did? I mean, if you <laughs> want to go into debt. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I think he has a lot to teach us about, like, I mean, he gave us the world of Byronic Hero and now, like, on the OC and Outer Banks and every teen show you will ever see, there's a Byronic Hero. So I kind of, like, I want notes on how I could do that myself. So I probably, you know, oh, yeah. I've aged past it or whatever. I can't brood, like, in the high school hallway. But if I could do it again, I think I'd like to do it like he did. So Well, I mean, isn't all of life? Life is high school, though. So you could. It's just yeah. a, a giant, endless high school. Or do you disagree with that, that life is an endless high school? No, I absolutely, I mean, I think <laughs> it's kind of like a psychic prison that none of us ever leave. I mean, some yeah. kind of get out, but most don't. It's like, is it Plato's cave? I'm going to get this wrong. 
Oh, I've never heard It's the cave where like the people right. are chained up and there's like the philosophers or anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, like that, if I understood what it was. And, yeah, so I don't, I don't know that we ever leave high school in a way. No, and that's the thing they tell you in high school. They're like, don't worry, this is not going to matter. And it's like, well, yeah, but you'll just be Real in world. some other version of it again and again and and again. <laughs> um, Miss L Juice says life with social media is eternal seventh grade. That's probably true as well. I think I peaked in seventh grade. That's when I was really firing <laughs> on all cylinders. Really, I had the best corduroys. Everything was going my way. I don't think I anyone wasn't... peaks in seventh grade. Oh, you should have seen me. Should have seen me. I had, I had wallabies. Everything was. I was oh, firing on all cylinders. I love wallabies. Yeah. Um. Well, we are. It's now time to ride off into the podcast sunset. So I want to thank you. Catherine Babmagera. I got nervous oh, pronouncing your name again. I don't. I probably didn't get there it as good. Pause. I know. See, it, it, next time when you're when you're on for your like fifth book, that's when I'll just be saying it effortlessly. I roll off the tongue. Well, thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you and, and everyone. Please, I'm enjoying this book so much. Poe for your problems. Uncommon advice from history's least likely. Self-Help Guru by Catherine Babb and Gara. Go get this book or I'll, my feelings will be hurt. That's a safer way of... That's, that's, I've toned it down. Um, thank you once again, Catherine. Thank you, Chris Gersbeck, Boy Criminal. Thank you, New Jersey Chicken Rancher Des. Thanks to everyone watching in the live stream, live on Twitch. Please, if you haven't already, Subscribe to us here so we can pay for Chris's many cosmetic procedures. And, uh, or you can support us by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. Stay hydrated, everybody. Keep up the good work. Just let the action music take us out. We nailed it. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.